Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You are listening to a sermon series through the book of James, entitled, Wisdom for Life. The Bible reading is from James chapter 4 and verses 13 to 17. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, Spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. So we're continuing our series through the book of James, where James, Jesus' little brother, or should I say half-brother, gives us wisdom for life, practical wisdom for living. And today he's going to give us wisdom on how to make plans for the future. Now we all make plans all the time. Uh, Some of us are, are, are pretty laid back, easy going, we take a day at a time, like myself, Others of us are hyper-organized. We're always planning, always making lists. You're even making lists about making lists. And your diary is booked up for a year in advance. Now, you know people like this. Some of you are people like that. Victoria is like that. And it's been a, a source of some conflict within our marriage. Uh, I finally come to the, the conclusion it's best just to let Victoria organize my diary for me. And then each week I just ask her, well, Victoria, what are we doing this week? In fact, now we, we, we've got family sharing on our iPhones. That means our, our diaries are shared, they sync. So I don't even have to ask her what we're doing. I just take out my phone, look at my diary, and, I'm, and, and events just appear in my diary. And I was like, oh, oh, so I'm meeting with so-and-so for lunch today. But it doesn't matter if you're as laid back as I am, if you're as easygoing as I am, we still all make plans. I make plans. I have plans for my life. I have targets and priorities in my life. I've got plans for the church. We, we all make plans all the time. So what's the problem? You know, why, why is James bringing up this whole, su- this whole subject of, of plans? For example, he says now in, in James chapter 4 and verse 13, he says, Now listen, you who say tomorrow or today we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on our business, and make money. He, he's using a business person as an example, a person in trade, he's a trader, And a business person needs to plan ahead. They need a business plan. They need a strategy. They need to to, uh, focus on a location, the city. They need a time frame, one year. They need targets. They need to have, have goals and targets to make money. But James could just have easily have said, Now listen, you who say... Uh, Next year I'm going to go to university for three years and I'm going to get this degree and then I'm going to start this career path and I'm going to start over here, I'm going to work up to over there. Or he could have equally have said, now listen, you who say, well, next year we're going to start a family. We're going to have two wonderful children and we're going to move into this really nice house in the country. Or to those of you who say, 
well, I'm going to work for about two more years and then I'm going to retire. Uh, and then we're also going to downsize and move into a nice, comfortable little house. Uh, and then I can kick back and take it easy and live off my pension and my investments and enjoy my well-earned retirement. We all make plans. We make plans all the time. We have life plans. So what's the problem? Why is James bringing up the subject? What's the problem? Everyone does it. Everyone needs plans. Everyone needs to have life plans. Everyone's doing it. So what's the problem? That's the problem. Everyone's doing it. The problem is it's exactly the same as everyone else. There's no difference. The way these guys that James is writing to, the way they were making their plans for their life was the exact same way that the rest of the world makes their plans. In fact, the way they were making their plans for their life was exactly the same as the way an atheist makes their plans with no reference to God whatsoever. They were setting their goals, their targets, and their priorities, and their plans without any reference to God. No reference to God. But they weren't even thinking about God. They weren't concerned about what God's will was or what God's plan was for their life. No reference to God. And so they were practically living like atheists. These are my plans for my life. And so James says, in James chapter 4 and verse 15, he says, Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, then we will live and do this or do that. If it is the Lord's will, we need to bring God into our decision-making process. We need to include God in our plans. You know, it's, it's, it's not a case that, that James is against planning. <laughs> You know, James doesn't say in verse 13, now listen, you who say tomorrow or today we will do this or that. But in verse 15, he says, but, but, but I say, no, don't do that. See, he's not against making plans. He doesn't say that. He's not against making plans. This isn't uh, an anti-planning verse. This isn't my life verse, you know. Yay, at last, a verse that says I don't need a plan to be organized. Victoria, come look, see, stop organizing me. See, this isn't what he's saying, okay? He's not against making plans. He's not against planning. He's against bad planning as opposed to good planning. There's a fundamental difference in the way everyone else makes their plans and the way a follower of Jesus should make their plans. Fundamental difference. We bring God into the decision-making process if it is the Lord's will. Now, what, what does James actually mean when he says we need to say if it is the Lord's will? Do we actually have to speak like that? I mean, every time we tell someone our plans, do we actually have to end by saying, God willing? Should we meet up on Tuesday? God willing. We should go for a coffee. God willing. Great, awesome. I'm going to get a cappuccino. God willing. God willing. If you say God willing one more time, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just irritating. Uh, uh, and, and we laugh, but... Very religious people in the past used to speak like this. It's not only irritating to non-Christians, it's irritating to everyone. But more than that, it actually misses the whole point of what James is trying to say. The last thing James wants is another Christian cliché. The last thing James wants is more pious religious jargon. That's the last thing he wants. What James wants is a changed attitude. 
It wants a changed attitude. It wants us to bring God into the way we make plans. You know, so often when I've heard in the past, I've heard someone very flippantly saying, well, I'm going to do this, God willing. I always want to ask, well, you know, have you actually prayed about that? Have you sought God's will about going to the coffee shop? Come on. It's not, that's what it's not about. It's so easy to turn this into a religious rule that misses the whole point. You go on with your life as normal. You make your plans as normal with absolutely no reference to God. And then at the end, you just say, God willing and bing, everything's okay. No, that's just missing the whole point. So what does he mean when he says we need to say, if it's the Lord's will? It's, it's about bringing God into the decision making. It's about when you're making the big plans for your life, when you're setting your life plans, when you're thinking about the future, praying about it. Seeking God's will. God, is this the career you want me to follow? God, is this the place you want me to live and to settle in the community to invest in? God, God, is this the right time for me to be retiring? And we need to be reading the Bible to making sure that we are living in line with God's word, that we are acting in a way that Jesus would. And we need to be praying and we need to be seeking godly advice from our Christian friends to making sure that what we're doing is God's will for us. Then we can say, you know, I've prayed about this. I've sought God's will. And I believe that God is leading me to do this. To do the best of my understanding, I believe this is God's will for me. That's what he's talking about. But also take note of the humility. If... It is the Lord's will. We don't say, it is the Lord's will. We don't have perfect knowledge. So we say, you know, to the best of my understanding, I've prayed about this, I've seeked God, I've, I've spoken to my Christian friends, and to the best of my understanding, this is what I believe God's will is for me. And therefore, I'm going to act in faith, I'm going to step out in faith, but I might be wrong. And so I'm also always going to be open to God redirecting my steps. When Victoria and I moved into Abergavenny, I became your pastor, and Victoria started teaching at Hereford. We prayed about that. We sought God's will on this. We asked our Christian friends to pray with us. And we believed, to the best of our understanding, that this is where God wanted us to be. And so we acted in faith. We've moved in here. We had a real peace that this is where God wants us to be. Uh, we believe this is where God wants us to be. We believe that God wants us to be here for the long term. We believe that God wants us to retire here if it is the Lord's will. We are always open to God redirecting our steps. We could get it wrong, but we're always open to God leading us in, in, in the future. And we all know that this is how we should act. We all know this is how we should act, but so often we don't. So often we end up just living our life as we normally do without any reference to God. We, we live as practical atheists. So James says, as it is, verse 16, as it is, rather than saying if, if it's the Lord's will, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes and such boasting is evil. As a follower of Jesus, if we're making plans and we're not including God in the decision-making process, it's foolish. More than that, it's arrogant. More than that, it's actually 
evil. Why is it evil? Because we're living our life with absolutely no reference to God. We're ignoring God. We're forgetting all about God. We're living as though God doesn't exist and that God has no plans for our life. We're forgetting Him, ignoring Him. How do you like it when you are forgotten, when you are ignored by someone you love? It hurts. It hurts God. Writers will tell you that there's, there's only one thing worse than getting terribly bad reviews for your book. One thing worse than getting terribly bad. Everyone's saying, you, your book's rubbish. It's terrible. There's only one thing worse. And that's getting no book reviews at all. Worse than being criticized. Worse than being criticized is to be ignored, to be forgotten, to be treated as a nobody. And that's how we treat God if we don't include God into our plans. And it hurts to be ignored and to be forgotten by someone you love. It hurts. Why is it, why is it arrogant? It's arrogant and it's selfish because it becomes all about my plans for my life, my will, rather than God's plan and God's will. It's also arrogant because we assume God's position. We think, we start acting as God, we think we're in charge and we're in control. And you see, we like to be in control, we, we like to plan. We like to plan and organize things because we like to feel we're in control. We want to be in control, so we plan and we organize. But ultimately, we're not in control of our life or the future. Sure, our decisions and our plans will influence the future, but ultimately only God is in control of the future. So, as a follower of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, it's arrogant and foolish to make plans and to exclude God in the whole decision process because, firstly, life is uncertain. Life is uncertain. James says in James chapter 4 and verse 14, Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. We like to think we know what will happen tomorrow. We like to think we're in control. But in reality, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Even the experts, the futurologists, constantly get it wrong. We just don't know. So we make all our wonderful plans. I'm going I'm to embark on this wonderful career path. I'm going to move and settle into this wonderful neighborhood and live over there. We're going to start a wonderful family. We're going to have two lovely kids. We, in a couple of years' time, we're going to retire. We're going to settle back and take it easy. We have these wonderful plans, and we, we like to have everything mapped out so we can control of everything. We know exactly where everything's going. But in reality, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. It could be another financial crisis a redundancy, a breakup, a health issue, a miscarriage, a war, a new invention. We simply don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Does this mean we shouldn't bother making plans? Oh, well, what's the point? We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, so why even bother with these plans? No, of course not. James wants us to plan. He wants us to invest in the future. But he wants us to do it humbly. He wants us to be humble and realize 
that we actually don't know what will happen in the future. Only God does. Now the very interesting thing is when you come to realize that life is uncertain, that you're actually not in control, but God is, it actually releases you from a lot of stress. You see, when you think you're in control of your life, then you've got to make it happen, and you, and you start holding everything very tightly, and you get really stressed because it's all about you. When you come to realize it's not about you, uh, you're not in control, God is, you can hold things lightly with open hands. And what Victoria and I have discovered in, uh, is that when, when you hold things tightly, when you become all stressed and you're holding things tightly, you're not just stressed, but you actually suffocate it. You actually suffocate all your hopes and dreams. But when you hold things lightly with open hands, it allows God to breathe new life into it. And it blossoms and it grows often in ways very different to how you originally planned, but it blossoms and it grows. So hold things lightly, hold things with open hands, and allow God to direct your steps. Secondly, it's arrogant and foolish to make plans and, and excluding God, not only because life is uncertain, but our life is uncertain. Our life is uncertain. Uh, James says, continues in verse 14, he says, what is your life? Good question. Massive question. Have you ever thought about that? What is your life? James's answer, you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. He likens your life to, to a mist, to an early morning mist that, that suddenly appears. It's there for a while, and then the sun comes out, and it's gone. Life is transient, brief, short. We all know of people who, who have had their life suddenly cut short unexpectedly and suddenly. There are a number of my school friends who I went to school with who have died. Drowning, car crash, cancer. We're all going to die. None of us know when. Our life is like a mist. Here today and gone tomorrow. And so James wants us to be humble in the way we make our plans, realizing that our life is a mist. Here today and gone tomorrow. You see, when you come face to face with death, suddenly what's most important in life becomes very clear. No one on their deathbed ever says, Can you bring all my trophies? Can you just bring all my trophies. Bring all my trophies. And I want to see all my trophies. You just line them up all around my bed. I just, I want to see my trophies. Could you bring all my money? Just all my money. Just bring it all. Just to spread it over the bed. I just want to see all my money. Just lay it out. Could you bring my CV? 
you bring my, could you read my CV to me just one more time? Just, I want to hear all my achievements, all the things I did. I want to hear it one more time. No one says that. No one says that. They say, can you bring my friends? Call my friends. Can you bring my family, all my loved ones? Can you read the Bible with me? Can you pray with me? When you come to the realization that your life is a mist, here today and gone tomorrow, your plans change, your goals change, your priorities change. Take note that in verse 13, their, their, their goal and their priority in life was to make money. That was their goal. That was their priority. That was their big priority in life. When you bring God into your plans, when you realize that your life is a mist here today and gone tomorrow, your priorities change. Less concerned about money, far more concerned about pleasing God, about loving people, about doing good, about helping the poor about investing in eternal things, about having no regrets. You see, sometimes it takes a, a near-death experience to wake us up, to realize we're living for the wrong things, we've got the wrong goals, the wrong priorities in life. And James wants to save us from the embarrassment and the heartache of getting to the end of your life and realizing you've been living for the wrong things. He wants to save you from having regrets. Now realizing that our life is a mist here today and gone tomorrow, to realizing our life is uncertain can be a great discouragement. Very morbid, isn't it? Or it can be a great encouragement. It can be a great encouragement to make the most of every day. Every day that you are alive, it's a gift from God. It's a bonus. Every day that you are alive is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to do good. It's an opportunity to love others. It's an opportunity to invest in eternal things and to ensure that you don't have any regrets. When we bring God into our plans, when we realize our life is a mist here today and gone tomorrow, our goals change, our plans change, our priorities change, and we'll have no regrets. When you make your plans for your life, are you humble in your planning, realizing that life is uncertain? And you, do, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. Do you set your priorities in the light that your life is a mist here today and gone tomorrow? Do you consult God when you're making your plans for your life? Do you seek God's will in your life? And if you are trying to make, if you're in a crossroads in your life, if you're trying to make some big decisions, if you're trying to set some goals and priorities in your life, 
then make the most of this opportunity. Meet up with people. Pray with each other. Talk about it. Seek God's will together. Don't do what James says earlier and just hear the word, hear the sermon, go, that was a great sermon. That was a really, really good sermon. Great. And then not pray about it <laughs> and not do anything different. So make the most of the opportunity. During the last song, if you want to pray, just meet up with someone and pray. Over coffee. Talk about pe- to, to people about your plans and, and pray with each other. Let's be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for James and we want to thank you for, for his, his wake-up call to all of us. Uh, Father, we confess that so often we, we just go with the flow. We just get into the groove. We just get into a rut and we're just going through, we make, going through life, making our plans, make, setting our goals, setting our priorities. And Father, we confess that we are practically atheists in the way we live. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you forgive us for hurting you, for ignoring you, for getting you? Father, help us to, to bring you into our, our plans. Help us also to, to hold things lightly. Father, you know how stressed we get and we hold on to things so tightly, thinking it's all about us, that we're in control, that we need to make this happen. Father, help us to let go. Help us to have open hands, to allow you to direct our paths and our steps. Help us to trust you, knowing that you do know the future. You are in control, and we're not. Give us that humility and that trust. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.